0: Fairborne City Manager Rob here with Megan Howard. Hey Megan. Hey Rob. Hey, why do you sound like you're talking into a tin can?
1: Because <laughs> I am remote <laughs> hosting with you. Uh, you're in Fairborne and I am in uh, Clearwater Beach, Florida.
0: Fantastic. We have all the technological advances here at uh, Rumor Has It. So
1: yeah, it's pretty pretty sweet.
0: Well, thanks for pulling yourself away from the beach to come do this episode. We are episode 32, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, rumor has it. So we are certainly happy for everybody that listens, everybody that tunes in. And we are super excited today. We've got Gene Lolly, who's the superintendent of Fairborn City Schools, to talk about a lot of things. We've got a lot of stuff to go over today. So,
2: Gene, appreciate you being here. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, this is, I'm looking forward to this conversation. And let's. Let's start with probably the crown jewel and what's happened in the last, I'll say, seven years at the schools, is we've got yeah. some brand new school buildings sitting on sites where we didn't think we'd ever get a, a new yes. school levy
2: passed. Yeah, and uh, much has happened, uh, it, over, as you said, over the last six, seven years. Uh, if I could just back up for a second, um, I came to Fairborn as the high school principal in 2012-13 school year. Okay. And um, I, I kind of chuckle a little bit now because um, when I interviewed, um, I went through three interviews. And after the third interview, uh, they called and offered me the position of Fairborn High School principal. And I never toured the build, any building or any facilities. And so I accepted the position after the third interview and it could have been the next day or a few days later I came and I started touring our high school. Then I said to someone, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out to the football field and, and look yeah. at that. And he said, well, that's, that's down in another part of town. So I <laughs> got in a car and went down to Baker and, right. uh, all the places that I had been, I've been the whole gamut from from uh, urban to suburban yep. to rural. Uh, so I've been the whole route and uh, was at some nice places where the facilities were phenomenal up in northeastern Ohio. And I can probably get into that a little bit later, but we had uh, moved away from Middletown and went to northeastern Ohio in 94. And it was at some pretty nice school facilities. And when I came to Fairborn, I'll be honest with you, I kind of went in a little bit of a cultural shock (laughs) when I saw our facilities and it had just passed through my mind briefly like, oh man, I wonder if they're doing anything about changing the facility, you know, making the facilities better and all that. And then fast forward a little bit, 2016, we put on the first uh, bond issue and that was for the a primary and intermediate, and um, the bond issue passed in 2016
0: right.
2: uh, to build that primary and intermediate building, which we're in today. And then in 2012, they put on a second bond issue to build a new high school and a middle school, and I'll get into that where we stand with the middle school, Sure, uh, explain that process as we move along here, but uh, uh, lo and behold, here we are, six- right seven years later, and we're completing a new high school. And um, I've just been fortunate to be a part of all this uh, with a lot of great people. Uh, It has been a team effort. Uh, I I cannot stress that enough, that a lot of input, community input from way back when, to community input to this current high school, and there'll be current community input when we start planning for this middle school. So um, much, much has happened for the good of this community um, and and, in planning this process all along.
0: And uh, that coincides, the 2016, 2017 coincides with me coming to Fairborn. Also, in my memory back then of a conversation um, sitting in a meeting to talk about the bond issue, I don't think Fairborn had passed a levy of any type, whether it be bond issue or levy for something like 17 years. Like it
2: would have been a very long time. That Yes, that's a very good point. Uh, in fact, the last operating levy that was passed was 07.
0: Wow. So it was. <laughs> you're, you're dead on. It was 10 are, years. Yes. Yeah, it was 10 years. Yeah, Nine or 10. So yeah. And I think it's a testament to how well the process went with the first two schools and seeing well, first of all, I thought the the school system did an excellent job of demonstrating the need to the community. Uh, because if, you know, I didn't have kids in the school system, so I never set foot in, but maybe a day of a year into the primary. But until you go through that and you understand, first of all, it's, it's a monstrous building uh, cut up into multiple different, I mean, you get lost in there. Like there's a piece of cheese at the end of the maze when you get to where you need to go. But some rooms didn't have air conditioning. Uh, You know the phone system was antiquated i mean i remember the videos and everything it was just a testament to
2: showing the need and fairborn stepped up well that that is correct rob um you know my first five years as i said i was the high school principal then i came over to central office one year as the business manager and that one year we didn't know if we were going to make it through the primary or not for another year We had pipes freezing, uh, boilers going out, and um, that last year in that primary, we barely made it because I don't know if you recall, we were down to one boiler with space heaters in many, many classrooms keeping kids warm, and um, all this fell into place with the new primary and the intermediate yeah. Just in time.
0: And it's amazing. I mean, it really is. And, you know, I said it's a testament to the work that you all did because you did it right. You did it the right way. You got a great input from the community. You passed the levy. You continue to engage the public. You continue to engage the parents of students uh, and built two amazing buildings. Those buildings are incredible.
2: Yes, they are. And and you hit a key point. We engaged the community. We were upfront and honest with uh, with with our, our community members. Yeah. We held different meetings in the evenings uh, with different groups as, as we moved along in every bond issue that we've put on. And um, I, I truly believe this community was ready for change when it, especially when it came to the schools Right. and um, that bond issue in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, almost it passed about two to one. Yeah. And sometimes that's unheard of. Right. And um, then in 2020, with the high school bond issue that passed
0: overwhelmingly Pretty well yes yeah, overwhelmingly.
2: and um as i said that this this our parents entire community uh we're ready for change for to, to move our school system into the 21st century and, and and what's hard to believe we're soon to be a quarter of the way into the 21st century right believe it or not right. and um but with that um uh, Again, I want to be clear. It was a great team effort, yeah. and it was a lot of input in all this planning that is now coming to fruition.
0: Gene, what have you seen um, from like a staff perspective, right? Because we've the the thing that we always said, that I always said, with you know, in the building here is Fairborn has always had excellent teachers. Mm-hmm. Our buildings have not been to the same level as the level quality of our teachers. Yeah, but what? How? how much of a, just a morale boost for teachers? Has it been for the teachers that were maybe in the old building coming into these new
2: buildings? It, it, it has been a terrific, terrific morale booster, Rob. Um, you know, we were in buildings with no air. Right. It was very, very tough to keep kids focused. But our kid our, our students did keep our kids focused, believe right. it or not, right. in, day in and day out. And you know, it's a little different because people will say to me, well, when I went to school 30, 40, 50 years ago, we didn't have air. Right. But the difference being there, uh, Megan and, and Rob, is that when you and I were in school, we had windows open. Right. We had doors to get cross air going. And then Columbine, a number of years ago, changed everything with school right. safety. Having to sh- keep windows shut. Right. Couldn't open doors. You went to security system to yep. let people in. So now the air in these old buildings were not flowing like they used to. That's a great point. That, would, that yeah. was a big, big difference in well why sometimes, I'm sorry, go ahead, Megan.
1: Well, and I think, too, you know, back then, there wasn't, like, everywhere that had air conditioning. I mean.
2: That's right. For the right. most yep. part, right. I mean. Yep.
1: Most people still lived in homes that didn't have central air. That's right. I mean, there there may be window air units in places, but, yep. you know, I was a luxury, at least.
0: Right. It wasn't you know, a necessity. Us, yep.
1: Yeah. To right. have, you know, central air. Well, so, yeah. you know, I know my school didn't have air conditioning when I was in Miami, so at least some of them. So, you know, I think to, to hear those comments of, you know, they can handle it, they can handle it. We've got to understand these kids, you know, 90% of them maybe not 90, but a good majority of them live in homes that have central air or have air conditioning and everywhere they go is indoors that have air conditioning. And so it's they're, they're by their, their bodies are used to that. That's right. Right. The teachers are used to that. So I don't know. To, to me, that's an unfair statement to make. Um, but it is what it is. Right. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Nope, you're fine.
2: So,
0: Gene,
1: let's hard talk- to do that over the phone.
0: Right. Yeah, it's hard to make eye contact when you're in Clearwater Beach. Or, right. um, let's talk about the finances a little bit, because part of what helped sell this uh, to the to the public was that not all of it is financed through the bond issuance, right? The state has a significant portion of
2: yes. helping pay for
0: these buildings. Can you talk about that a little yeah. bit?
2: Um, with the passage of that primary and intermediate, we worked with the Ohio Facility Construction Commission, OFCC. And in the passage of that bond issue, um, the state of Ohio uh, uh, f- footed 46% of the total cost, with 50 por- 54% through LFI, Local Funded Initiative. That was the yep. uh, prop that were put on the property tax gotcha. owners. Uh, with the property owners, I'm sorry. And uh, so that's a that's a darn good deal It is uh, when the state of Ohio can step in and say, hey, We'll give you forty-six percent. Yeah, uh, pay for forty-six percent of the cost for the schools that that you build if you pass the bond issue. There's a half-off coupon. That if is, that's right? yeah, yeah, it's pretty darn close to almost, it, Rob. Yeah. So, and then the same thing with the um, uh, with the uh, high school. Uh, however, well, with, I want to get to that in a minute because yeah, okay. let's
0: talk about. Yeah. So we get this amazing opportunity through OFCC to essentially get almost 50% of the cost covered by the state, which is terrific, right? Yep. We get this new, it starts with the primary school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Primary school gets open uh, and has been operational. This is the fourth year? This
2: is the fourth year. That's hard to believe, yes.
0: It is hard to believe. And and a beautiful new school um, that opened four years ago, so 2019. Uh, We get then the intermediate school right on its heels because there were some some checkers that we had to play with the students, right? Because we're tearing down existing schools while building new ones. So there was a little bit of planning that had to go into, okay, move students from this building to that building from this building, And so there were some, uh, monopoly pieces that were moving there.
2: Absolutely, Rob. Um, that was, uh, th- that was why really the construction, took as long as it did. Yeah. When we passed the bond issue in 2016, we didn't break ground for the primary until 2018. And then, as you said, we finished that primary in 2020. Right. If I'm not mistaken. So once we went into the new primary, the old intermediate went into the old primary. Right. Okay. Became the intermediate for a couple years. Right. And then we could tear down the intermediate. So for two years they were in the old primary as the intermediate. I know it gets a little confusing. <laughs> right. But then once they completed the brand new intermediate that they just finished the first year, they're starting the second year. Yep. Then they moved from the old primary back into the new intermediate on its current land that it is on. Which, so
0: which required you to make some improvements to the old primary, right? I mean you yes. that was part of the the now the reason for getting new
2: schools is the primary was not good. But in order to do that, and you had to make we, some investment in there. We did have to yeah. do some of that. Right. We tried to do it at minimum because right. we knew the days were numbered. Yep. And But we made it all work um, yep. and uh, conducive to student learning. And um, But now we're proud to say that uh, we're, we're in full swing with the primary and intermediate schools. Yeah,
0: which is terrific. So we build those two buildings, and you by this point, you've passed the bond issue for the new high school, uh, but something called covid <laughs> came into play right absolutely um, which which yeah. threw everything kind of and to this day I don't think we won't ever recover fully from that uh it broke a lot of things in this in this society How, what effect did that have on uh well, let's talk about the project first because that that
2: was a big thing what effect did that have on the high school project yeah it had a very uh kind of a negative effect on it um right as you said, COVID took this country off track. Right. It took the schools across this country off track, and we built the primary and intermediate at a just in time. Right. So we were well within budget with those two buildings. Um, nothing was affected price wise there. Right. Uh, right. With the high school, however, <laughs> we st- we were well within budget on everything that we wanted. And then, as you said, COVID set in. Prices went out the roof. Our right. economy went south. The cost of materials went out, no pun intended, went out the roof. Right. And all of a sudden, steel, drywall, you name it, any materials for that high school building cost us. And all of a sudden, we were about $10, 12000000 million short to right. finish this project. And um, we had locked in early. We were able to lock in, fortunately, uh, some of the steel that we got. We were able to lock in that those, the price of steel. Some we were not able to do right, far enough in advance. So that was a big thing that went out the roof was the cost of steel that increased our cost. And uh, so we saw that we were ten to $12 million short, and we, we were like, uh, what in the world are we going to do? <laughs> right. So we started – Having to cut like you do in anything. And so we were fortunate we didn't have to worry about or, or we didn't have to cut anything in the academic wing right. or the performing arts center or anything like that. So we looked at outside facilities. We we, we were going to have a turf band practice field for the band. Uh, we were going to have tennis courts, baseball, softball. Uh, Some of those types of things. And um, we were wanting a athletic training facility for uh, our athletes to to one room to lift in to do baseball in or track to where they can run short sprints and those types of things. So we cut all of that back and getting our heads together going, okay, how can we fix this? How can we make it work? Um, We... With The support of the board, we put on a, a very small bond issue this past May, right? And lo and behold, this community stepped up again, right? Again, they stepped up, and they are there. This whole community is to be commended, yeah, again, because I think they want what's best for our kids, absolutely, so they want best what's for their own kids, and um. Fortunately, it passed, and we reinstated everything that we that we had cut
0: out. And, and you did a very clever thing because you identified there was a, an issue or a levy that was on the ballot, or that had been passed years ago, that was coming to that was coming to be to expire. Yes, uh, and you were able to essentially, while not being a continuation of that, but essentially for the same amount of money. People got all these things back into yes. the school, which I think was a very clever way to go about
2: it. Yes, and and, and and in fact, that bond issue that went off and the one that came on, I believe their taxes uh, went down just a little bit. Right. Even though uh, it was a new right. tax, but it was still a little bit lower than what they'd been paying off for the last 30 years. Right. So uh, we were very, very fortunate. That this, again, the community got behind us to support that. Uh, so now I, we get a showpiece. Our high school
0: is going to be a showpiece. It will be, uh, I've heard you say this, so I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, the premier high school facility, not
2: just building in the Dayton region. I I have said all along, when this high school is finished, it will be the premier high school in the Miami Valley. I think we have two elementaries, two brand new elementaries that are the premier schools in the Miami Valley for our elementary kids. Uh, Now, I might be a little prejudiced saying that, but with this new high school, as I said, we have a start state-of-the-art academic wing. We have a 1,100-seat uh, performing arts center, and the rooms behind the stages—the orchestra room, the band rooms, uh, small individual uh, rooms where. Students can do private lessons, wow. uh, backstage uh, changing rooms, uh, just the room, the storage room and those types of things uh, is what we didn't have before yeah. uh, a, a bigger stage than what's at the current high school. We have a beautiful orchestra pit that, yeah. you know, I hate to tell parents, but when their kids are playing in the orchestra, you're not going to see them sitting in the stands because they're down <laughs> in the pit. Right? <laughs> so so anyway, but uh, uh a 2100 seat arena. I could be wrong, but this might be the second or third largest basketball arena will be the second or third largest basketball arena, uh, in, in the area. And I, I think wow. Kettering and I forget what it's called. The Trent arena. Uh, is probably uh, Trent arena, arena. Thank yeah. you. The Trent arena. I think sits 24, 2,500. So we're right. not too far behind no. and you will see two beautiful, uh, um, m- monitors for scoreboards and then two smaller in in each four of the corners right um so we're we're going to whole nine yards on that um there will be a walking track around the arena uh, for the community to come in and walk we'll have to we're going to try to work out those logistics to to open that up for community in the evenings so um that that's going to be a nice addition um we uh, will have off the gym, off the arena, we will have what we're going to call a community room. Uh, community groups want to come in and hold meetings, uh, or we can entertain on on Friday night basketball games where we have alumni in, or community yeah. members in, and food available. So um, we, as I said, we've gone the whole nine yards to, to make this nice for not only our kids, but our community.
0: And I think what we've not been able to do up until now or up until this gets built because of just the condition and age of our facilities is we haven't been able to host, you know, a tournament football or a tournament basketball game. This now puts us on the map to be able to
2: host those things. Absolutely. We have uh, talked to the Ohio High School Athletic Association officials and what we described to them. they say we will more than likely be able to hold uh football tournaments uh playoffs right. uh basketball tournaments for whatever division um yeah. I think we could probably do big school basketball tournaments uh at tournament time and probably with football playoffs it will be uh it will be a smaller division three sure. four five that and there with our four thousand uh seat stadium yeah um but um we're very, very excited about that. We, uh, also, we uh, are looking forward to holding band competitions. Um, we've got yeah. we've got the turf band practice field where bands, when they come in, they can practice before they go perform. They can pre- practice on those fields. We've got a, a soccer and a practice football facilities, uh, so we can we can do three, four. If we have a soccer tournament, we can do three or four games at a time with what our facilities will hold. Wow.
0: That's terrific. That's
2: terrific. Um,
0: Something amazing happened during COVID uh, because – and we'll talk a little bit about – let's talk about the effect that COVID had on the district. Essentially, we got shut down, uh, literally. And so, you know, like we did at the city, you had to figure out what do we do now because – We've never been faced with this problem before. Um, You were fortunate that a very well-to-do alumnus of uh, Fairborn High School decided to step up and make sure every kid had a device that they could take home for remote learning.
2: Yeah. We were very, very fortunate, as you say, Rob, um, to have an alumni step up. And he provided um, uh, a lot of money for for our students, go to one to one tech, right? And it, it really happened at a perfect time because COVID set in, and um, we went scrambling. We went scrambling to make yeah. sure or see how in the world our kids could take a device home um, to learn from home. Right? Uh, teachers uh, stepped up their game and did a lot uh, planning. Uh, Our director of curriculum instruction, Dr. Brackenhoff, uh, burned the midnight oil, as many of us did, but boy, she, uh, many, many, many nights trying to put all of this together and how we were going to educate kids to keep them on track, uh, to keep them on reading level or math level, whatever it might be. Um, That was a very difficult task. Unfortunately, kids learn better in a building, in a classroom with a teacher. And um, having to go remote set our kids back. Sure, not only Fairborn but across this country, of course. And we have been playing catch up time uh, for quite a while. We're still not there. We are still not there academically. Uh, we're still maybe two, three years more getting kids caught up. Sure, which has affected affected everywhere our test scores. Right, but COVID has is done stop making those excuses and right. move forward uh, the best we can and to get kids back on track.
0: And you've done some, I've heard the presentation Dr. Brackenoff has made about some of the things that she is in the school district have tried to put in place to help bring kids along throughout the year. Now, I mean, there's been extra um, intervention specialists that have helped people are, there's more resources available for students probably I'll say than there's ever been.
2: Yes. Uh, we have, uh, State of Ohio stepped forward with ESSER yeah. money, as, you, as you're well aware of what that is. And um, there was much money available. I think we got about $14 million, uh, for that. So we did add um, some extra programs, uh, some extra curriculum uh, things that we put in place. We hired literacy coaches. right? Um, and those basically were teachers that were help coaching to coaching in the literacy process and helping to get kids back on track, as I mentioned before. So um, with that ESSER money, um, um, we were able to, to implement some things for our students to, to get them back on track. Uh, and that was under the, the organization leadership, as I mentioned, Dr. Brackenhoff, who did a remarkable job through all that.
0: Yeah. So we've made it through COVID knock on wood, we're done with that forever. Um, I think it will always be here, but we won't be affected by it like we have in the past. We've got a high school under construction that looks amazing, by the way. I mean, the and the pace at which that is being built, I don't think is humanly possible, but they are flying, putting that thing together. We have a showpiece on 675 as you pass and Yellow Springs Road going north or coming south. So let's talk about then there's still a building yet to go. Uh, and we're in the process. Let's talk a little bit about how that's going to work and what's going to happen, because you've got now the 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 two the facility that I would say is probably in the worst shape is Baker
2: Middle School at this point. Yes, yes.
0: Um, what happens to those kids while they wait for their building to be built?
2: Okay. Um, well, fortunately, I have good news. Um, Great.
0: Is this inclusive? An Are we breaking news here?
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I did mention it the, the the for the first time at the board meeting last week. So okay. we haven't made this public yet, wow. but uh, we will very soon. Okay. So here right. we are. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Um, I, I got an email about a week and a half ago from the OFCC, and we had been way down a few a number of months ago, a year ago, we were way down on the list. We we're on a waiting list for that money to come forward. And there's 42 million from the state of Ohio sitting out there to build the middle school. Okay. And I got word the other day they moved us up on the queue list. Okay. And they asked us the question: Are you ready to proceed and start planning for the middle school? And we have to have ten million. We have to show we have ten million available sure. on top of that forty-two million that they're going to give us. We do. We've been waiting for this. Um, so, with our treasurer through good wow. finances and, yep. and keeping us solvent. Um, We did give them the word that we are ready to go. Wow. And um, we could hopefully be breaking ground for the new middle school that really we thought was six, seven years out. Yeah. We could possibly be breaking ground for the new middle school next spring. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully. If things were to flow right, maybe a little sooner than that. That will remain to be seen. Wow. But – we are very excited about this and i will i i call this the final phase through all this starting in 2016. so um great news from that end um but the baker is in its last year they will go into what's the current high school that will become fairborn middle school okay so the high school will move in a lot of transitioning next may right so we're we're for the substantial completion date for the high school, Rob Megan. We're nine months out. No kidding, nine months out. Wow! And uh, so next May, as I said, uh, our uh, director of business and who's overall the building construction, Jeff Patrick, yep. is staying on top of things, meeting with moving companies because it's a it's a oh. it's a lot of <laughs> things have to flow correctly and in a timely fashion. So he's making those plans now to move Baker moving the high school out and into the new high school and baker into the current high school wow as i said will become baker will become fairborn middle school
0: okay and that will remain fairborn middle school that name will
2: follow those to the new building the name will not follow to the new building
0: okay so there'll be another name for
2: the just fairborn Middle. it will be fairborn middle school from here okay gotcha
0: great wow that's excellent news yeah wow So uh, anything you want to talk about with regard to the buildings that I missed? Anything you'd like to add that Um, uh, I I need to – you've got – I want to recognize some of your board members because you've got a couple gentlemen that are born in Fairborn, live in Fairborn, Fairborn through and through. Yes. Uh, Let you give them some of the – and they've been very involved, as the whole board has – in this process yeah our board
2: president jerry browning board vice president uh pat McCordy, as you mentioned they were born and raised and went through the fairborn city schools they're very passionate yeah very very passionate about uh these new buildings having what they need right and um they have been part of the two board of members assigned to the construction uh, committee yep. and um they have input. We meet every other Friday with the construction company and our architects. And uh, they have been very uh, influential part of our planning uh, of, of this uh, high school building and will be with the middle school.
0: Great. Fantastic. We have we have one of our city council members now who was on your board when I think this, yes. the planning started. Yeah. Also born, raised in Fairborn, went through yes. the Fairborn system, Mary Reister, yep. um, who was, uh, still has a child in the system. Uh, so at the high school, so it's, you know, the, we're all bought in. Yeah.
2: I think both boards, both the council
0: and the, we're, we're,
2: we're locked in. Mary, Mary was instrumental in, uh, um, uh, um, getting the board to approve the bond issues, uh, in, in the years past. And, um, uh, uh, she was part of the planning process, uh, yep. the early planning process for the high school and, uh, and, and the intermediate and, and middle school. So, uh. Um, Mary Mary served the Fairborn City Schools very very well. Absolutely,
0: absolutely, and continues to as a council member. She's doing uh, that's good terrific. to hear. Yeah. And I'm not my my review isn't up anytime, so I just have it. So we're, <laughs> so we're good. I'm not saying that to butter up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's she's terrific. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about that though, because I've I've worked in communities where the school system and the local government are not necessarily on the same page, and I'm sure you probably have as well. Um, it just, it feels different here. Like it just, we've been, and part of the thing that I've tried to do is since I've taken over and even before is to embrace what you all are doing because we succeed together and we fail together. Right. And so we're only as strong as you are and you know, we're here to help you. So um, I can't tell you what these buildings are going to do for the city from an economic development standpoint, from a develop just, just from a, city morale standpoint, like it just feels good.
2: I, I know from my from my standpoint, uh, when I was the high school principal, particularly when I've taken over as superintendent, uh, the positive working relationship that has yeah. developed yeah. Um, between the schools and uh, the city is second to none. Um, I can't say enough about, Rob, your support, Mayor yeah. Keller's support, um, with, with what we have needed and what you guys have approved with uh, building codes and approvals that g- yeah. has to be done from your end working with us. And um, it has been a great working relationship. And, and, and I know the board appreciates that. Uh, our, our director of business operations who heads the construction for us, Jeff Patrick, is, is very, very much appreciative yeah. of the working relationship that has gone on.
0: And again, I, I will echo what you said. It's a team effort here as well. Um, our team is, you know, bought into this, and they're really looking forward to what's next. I mean, you know, we just continue to go up and up and up, and we certainly are a city in motion, uh, and the schools are
2: no different. Yeah, and 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 I have stolen your slogan once in a while okay. when I speak to various groups about. You know, I always say, you know, Fairborn has the the motto of a, a, a city in motion, and yeah. and I and I stolen that and said we're we're a school system in motion so uh, i think it's uh it, we, we have to be working hand in hand uh for the success of this city and the school system absolutely
0: anything else you want to talk about with regard to the schools no i think i'm i think we've covered just about everything so because <laughs> i want to dig in on let's talk about gene lolly right because okay. um you know for those that maybe haven't met you as, as either the principal or the superintendent let's talk about your background you're from this, I'll say this region, Middletown, I think, is, is yeah. kind of the Dayton region, I would say. Talk about your background and what brought you to Fairborn.
2: Well, I, I, as you said, I'm from Middletown, born and raised. Yep. I am, uh, believe it or not, this may surprise people, I'm one of ten kids. No kidding. I have nine oh. siblings. There were wow. seven boys and three girls. Uh had great parents. Uh, my mother died at a young age at 54 suddenly. Wow. And uh, my dad, uh, my dad worked in the steel mill right. um, for 40, 40 some years. And he was a blast furnace foreman. I don't know if anybody's ever familiar with uh, steel, how a blast furnace makes steel. He did that for 40 years. Very, very dangerous operation. Yeah. He worked every day year round in 2300 degree heat. Oh my gosh. He wore thermal underwear. Uh, he was a great father, a great role model. He worked very hard. And, and as I said, he modeled that. And I think that's where I get my work ethic from. Sure. And, um, a great mom, you know, raised 10 of us, uh, strict. <laughs> uh, I, uh, went to Catholic school all my life from first grade to, twelfth grade. I'm a graduate of uh, Fenwick High School in Middletown. Um, I'm married to my wife Elizabeth. Uh, she was the superintendent of Dayton Public Schools and left uh, for, for the last five years and then then she left just a couple weeks ago and is now a superintendent at Lakota Schools. But uh, we have two boys. Uh, My oldest one is 39. He's a firefighter paramedic for Centerville and Washington Township. And the thing I'm proud of of him also is uh, that he's a a FEMA rescuer. He's part of the Ohio Task Force One, I believe it is. And he gets called out a lot to hurricanes in Florida, disasters, tornado disasters. And, um, in fact, he is a trainer. Uh, He trains uh, those that are wanting to get. Their certification or license or whatever that needs to be to rescue uh, individuals. So yeah. uh, he, he, when he gets called out and FEMA has to go, um, they, very dangerous times for him, but he doesn't, wow. he doesn't. Fantastic. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't back down. doesn't back down at all. So I'm very, very proud of him. My youngest son, Benjamin, he coaches college football. He is a defensive really? coordinator at uh, Wooster College. Okay. Uh, he's he's starting his second year, and he spent a number of years at uh, Case Western University in Cleveland. So uh, he finally got a coordinator's position, and, no kidding. and uh, he's at Wooster. And uh, we don't see him too much, but he is coming to the area a couple times this fall. Um, uh, uh, they play Wittenberg. I'm looking forward to that okay. at Wittenberg. So, Wooster beat Wittenberg last year for the, I think, for the first time in 30 years. So, wow. I was talking to somebody from Wittenberg that's looking for a payback. Right. So, uh, uh, we had a little hearty discussion over that who was going to win that game this year or not. But uh, anyway, uh, two great boys. Um, but I, something about people don't know about me, I don't think. I changed careers. I didn't go into education right away. No kidding. Um, I worked 14 years in the steel mill in Middletown. Okay. And uh, hmm. during that time, I saw five five guys killed, three at once. Oh and gosh. that kind of works on your psyche a little bit. And yeah. I had quit college when I was younger, thinking I knew it all, and I was going to go make all kinds of money in the steel mill. Right. And then when you see those accidents, as I said, it works on your psyche a little bit. And I sure. thought, it's time for me to – to get back into school. So uh, I went back to school and graduated from Miami. And soon after that, I went and got my master's at the University of Dayton. Nice. And then we moved away, my wife and I and two, the two boys in 94, they were small at the time. We moved to northeastern Ohio. And uh, um, so I became, I uh, was not looking for administrative job at all. I was looking for a teaching job. And my first year up northeastern Ohio, I didn't move to August, so I couldn't find a teaching job that late. So I substituted for a whole year. Okay. And um, so, in the process, uh, long story short, there, I was looking for a teaching job, and one of the schools I subbed in, they said I. You ever thought about being a principal and i went no <laughs> right. no right so i said no i want to teach and uh, the superintendent says no i think you'd make a great principal and i'm like i don't know about that <laughs> so i became an assistant first for one semester oh. and then our principal went over to the board office because the superintendent left in less than a year, I became principal, and at that time, I was—I wasn't in education that long at all, and I right. didn't know curriculum or you know, I didn't know scheduling, <laughs> and it was baptism by fire. Sure, and so um, I was at that district that I started my principalship at five years, and then I went to a neighboring district where, with the city we lived in up in North Carolina, Stowe. Yep. Stowe High, Stowe Monroe yep. Falls. And that's where we lived. And that's where my kids went and graduated from school from from up in Northeastern Ohio. My, as my, my oldest son moved back to Middletown. And my youngest son is still up in Stowe sure. and, and, and drives back and forth from Stowe to Wooster every day to, wow. do, to do his job. But um, I, I run into people that I worked with in the steel mill after I left. And even today, they'll say, I bet you regretted leaving the steel mill. And I look at them and go, never. Right. I never had, I've never second guessed that move. I went into a great profession. I tell kids today that are thinking about going into education and, and they, they may have their doubts. And I talk to them about some of the, the rewards of education and it's, Still, a, to me, it's a very noble profession. right? And uh, it's a rewarding experience. And uh, when you can have and make a change for the betterment of in students' lives, that's what it's all about. Right. And when you have students come back later and tell you, thank you for this or thank you for that, I know we, uh, it's a very good feeling. And, and I have kids do that. They'll ask me, Mr. I don't know if you, Brent Ayersman was a longtime high school assistant principal. And kids will come in and say, is Mr. Airsman still here? And, and when he was, I'd say, yeah, he's in his office. Well, I, I just want to stop in and thank him for everything they, they did for me. That's wow. what kids will say. Or yeah. they'll have so-and-so English teacher. Uh, I know Monica Arnold, a retired English teacher, great English teacher. Kids come up and tell me, say, Mr. Lolly, if it wasn't for for Mrs. Arnold, I, I don't think I'd have gotten through English, uh, college, uh, English in college. And wow. So that's, that's that's the greatest compliment you could give an educator when totally. students do that. So I've never looked back in leaving the steel industry. Yeah. This has been a very, very rewarding experience. If you'd asked me 10, 15, 20 years ago, I'd be in this seat <clears throat> right. uh, as a superintendent. Um, I'd say, you're crazy. And <laughs> for what has been accomplished with the people that I work with, uh, I couldn't have asked for a better group of people a better board of education than than what has been i've been given the opportunity to to work with
0: we were fortunate enough to have our last guest on the previous episode was tom kirsch uh, who told a wonderful story about his philosophy in the classroom and how he just wanted to make sure that every student felt uh, loved that they were you know when you're in my classroom you're gonna have three things you're gonna have safety security you're gonna be loved and he said that just made a huge difference to some kids just it's and, you know, I I certainly still have teachers this day. I'm like, if I ever run into them, I'm going to give them a hug because just yep. what they did, to, what
2: effect they had on me. Yeah, I, I think Tom hit the nail on the head with with, with, with that. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a lot of kids. Uh, their family lives aren't the best. Right. And um, when they walk through your door, I tell bus drivers, I tell teachers uh, – you don't know what they went through before they left for school. You don't know if they had a meal the night before, or even right. breakfast that morning. And is to make sure you say hello to a child when they enter your classroom door yeah. or when they get on that school bus, I told bus drivers, don't ever forget you are the first face they see mm-hmm. in the morning yep. and you're the last face they see when they leave in the evening, when they get on and off your bus. So, um, I think uh, it's important that uh, we treat all individuals with respect every
0: Absolutely. day. Absolutely. There's one other thing before yeah. we let you go. I'm sorry, Megan. Do you want to ask a question?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's you know after listening you know, to you this week and and Tom, you know, the last time, you know, I, I always think that just in general, you know, teachers and educators, they just never get enough credit for what they do. You know, it's not just teaching a subject it's because they do a lot more than that right i yes, mean it's yeah. you know they they teach life they teach so much more than than two plus two is four or you know photosynthesis in science um you know it's it they they teach teach you what it means to to live in the world they teach you what it means to to feel they teach you what it means to, to, to just behave and interact with other people. And, and you know what? It's okay to cry. Like, it, it, it is do so much more than teach. And I don't think we give them enough credit for those other teaching things that they do. And to me, that's, that's why they deserve all the things that people complain about that they don't deserve. And I I will, I will give them whatever they want, whenever they want it, because I know my kids are better humans because of all the people that they come into contact with when they're in school, teachers, educators, administrators, um, because I only parent when my kids are with me, my kids are also parented by the teachers. Um, at school, and they certainly don't get the credit they deserve. Um, So, kudos to all those teachers and administrators and everyone out there who also have a hand in parenting my kids.
2: Yeah, that's Uh, very very well said. Very well said, Megan.
0: Gene, that's a good segue. Let's segue to one last thing I want to talk about before we let you go is um, with the revamping of all the schools, there was one school building that was no longer being used. It was the old Wright Elementary building. Um, and you know, schools have choices to make when buildings become available and you chose to, and your board chose to allow the Fairborn Fish Pantry to locate in the old Wright Elementary School building. And we've had, so we had, uh, Jane Dorley on a previous episode. She talked about all the work that she does and the, the amount of just the, the yeah. number of people that she has to serve on a weekly basis is just growing and growing and growing. Um, talk about, so you're on the board of the fish pantry. Talk about, you know, what led you to make that decision and, you know, just how you feel about, you know, what's going on over there at the fish pantry. Well, um,
2: I had, uh, Mrs. Dorley had said, uh, when they were at their old place over on uh, on Broad, Broad Street, Street yep. um, she invited me over one day just to see what they have, what they do. And, and so I did, I went over one day and, um, uh, uh, in the course of conversation, um, they might she said they might be losing that building or, or having to move. And I didn't say much, and so I went back and I started thinking, and I, you know we have right. Yeah. And my philosophy behind that was we had just had a donor, a grad, give us close to three and a half million dollars from technology to buying the land um that the high school is sitting on the new high school under construction is sitting on and my thinking was you know what schools need to give back to this community to the less fortunate right and um so i went to jane and and bill Dorley, and told them what a possibility this could be and they think about it and so long story short um talked to the board about it and they thought it was a great idea and um, they're in that today. And yeah. and it was a, it was some work to get that building ready for them. Our maintenance crew deserves a lot of credit yep. stepping up. I think the city stepped up yep. with us also on some Absolutely. of those things to get that ready. And um, I, I guess if I've, you know, I've done anything right uh, <laughs> in, in the leadership role I've been in as <laughs> superintendent that I I'd say, I'm proud of the fact that getting the green light from the board and the support from the board that we were able to provide that yeah. to the uh, Fairborn Fish Pantry and uh, great setup over there. Um, can't say enough about right. Mr. and Mrs. Dorley's staff and what they do on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, it's it's phenomenal to 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 help with the less fortunate in in, in our community
0: because because you see it every day. I mean, you see the as you mentioned before, we're not the wealthiest community. No. We have a lot of folks in need. Yep, a lot of those folks have children in our school system, and it, yes. you know, you don't know every day if that child's had something to eat. Right. That, so that's right. The work that they do is it's hand in glove yeah. with what we're trying to do with yeah. the rest
2: of the community. Yeah, and you know, going back to my dad, uh, my dad always said, you know, again, being one of ten, we didn't we didn't have a lot, right, and had a lot of hand me down clothes. Now we had meals on the table, right, but still we. We didn't have much and uh, my dad always said don't ever forget where you came from and I've never forgotten that right and um, I try to keep that in perspective. Yeah.
0: So what a terrific legacy. I mean that's uh, that yeah. uh, hopefully the fish pantry outgrows that building or hopefully they don't need to grow outgrow that building but hopefully they can continue their right. work there and that's a heck of a legacy that you've yeah. allowed them to
2: keep going right. there. Well again goes back to team effort and everybody yeah. working together to make to make things happen.
0: Fantastic, Megan. Any questions for Gene?
1: No, I just, you know, I think it's it's a testament to your leadership, all that's been accomplished, um, and the time that that you've been here in Fairborn, whether it's as principal or as superintendent. Just whether it's the collaboration with Fish, um, or whether it's been a collaboration with the board uh, and the community, right, with with the school buildings, because they are fantastic. Um, And I I truly think that they're going to do amazing things with with the economic impact that they're going to happen, that they're going to be able to do for the city. Um, So, well done, sir. And I'm excited for what is to come.
2: Thank you for those kind words, Megan.
0: And we will put a link to the school district website, because one thing we didn't get into that, that you still have a lot of needs. You need bus drivers. You need folks to work in the buildings. You you have a lot of open positions that need filled. Uh, so if anybody listening to this knows of somebody that's, you know, would like to work with the schools, help kids, plenty of that available. Um, and we'll make sure that they get a link to the website, the school district website where they can look for all that and hopefully fill some needs.
2: Okay. Thank you, Rob. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now uh, Let's Megan, let's do just, uh, we've, Brief, had such a great interview. Recap. Yeah, we've had such a great interview with Gina. I don't want to ruin it by talking about anything else. Um, so let's just talk about a brief recap. of what happened on Friday with Bluegrass and Brew? Well,
1: that was pretty exciting.
0: So, Man, it was amazing. I mean, um, that's our signature wow. event, I think, by far. And and we had another wonderful event. Uh, Joe Mullins and the Radio Ramblers, uh, who Joe has been so kind to help us with that event through uh, Real Roots Radio, uh, just lining up the talent. The talent was exceptional again this year. Uh, including yeah, the, he, including his band. He's
1: really good at picking music.
0: He really is. <laughs> and, you know, I get the, you know, because we put this event on, I have the fortune of talking to some of the bands that are here and just having conversations yeah. with some of the band members. And to understand, I mean, if you know Joe and how wonderful he is, you get it. But you don't understand, like, how how much of a celebrity he is oh. in the bluegrass world, right? So he is known worldwide and respected worldwide for what he does both musically and what he's done with the rear roots radio stuff. It's just, it's phenomenal. He's so humble. But anyway, without him, I think we would have, we'd be able to do a great event. Uh, but the talent he right. was able to bring in is amazing.
1: Yeah. The first, cause the first band, the spoken ramblers, they were from Canada. Right. And so, you know, I made a joke that we've now gone international, right? <laughs> That's right. But I mean, they were, they were young and they were fantastic. Amazing. Uh, But they traveled from Toronto to play for us. And then they were heading back to Toronto. In a van. In a van, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you came from Canada and then you're traveling back to Canada just just for us. And I thought that was pretty amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But we had a great crowd uh, start out. I think we had people set up by 11 uh, a.m., set their chairs up by 11, um, which is, just blows my mind that people are setting up that early. Um, I think the food trucks did really well. Uh, they are learning to prepare for the event, so they didn't run out of food, which is good. Although I think Holy um, Smoked only had chicken left, which was good. Right. Um, so it means they ran out of something. So We yeah. had plenty of beer. Uh, Jim Owens did an amazing show, as always. And then the Traveling Macquarie, oh, my goodness.
0: Um, the the they, music the musical ability of, a, of that band was it blew me away I had no idea uh, it was phenomenal they,
1: so Daniel Mullins I think eh, about a third of the way into the show he pulled me aside and he's like so they have seventy five minutes ready but he said they want to play more and I kind of said well just play what you got and I said that's fine they can we're here till 10, so whatever they got, is fine. He's like, well, that's yeah. what I figured. So I, I just went ahead and told him that. Yeah. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Again, they, they can play however long. He's like, okay. So apparently that's what they did because we yeah. went until after 10. And that last song, like, when they just started playing. It was incredible. Oh, my God. It was incredible. Like, those, that instrumental thing that they yep. did. Dude. Like, wow! So, Gene, you're from Middletown, right? Yes, uh, which I yeah. think
0: is where
2: Joe is from because I remember his dad was on a radio station. And right in I was going to mention that uh, his yeah. dad, Moon Mullins, yep. was a DJ on WPFB in Middletown for years yep. and had one heck of a following. Yeah. But also, WPFB and Moon Mullins was v- no pun intended was very instrumental in bluegrass and yep. I don't know the creation or, or they had something to do something very important yep. uh, with bluegrass yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah yeah moon his dad uh, in fact I mentioned that to, to Joe last year when I yeah. when he was speaking <laughs> it somewhere here yeah and uh, I mentioned that to him yeah
0: and as much as I you know groused about it as a kid my parents growing up when we whenever we traveled to Cincinnati and back would always turn on WPFB and list of in the afternoon. They had to, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a that's a great uh, great tie in there. But yeah, I was I need to give some thanks to that event too. I mean, our Parks and Rec crew, Chris Barker, April Floyd, and those folks that put that together did a great job. Uh, But they're assisted by you know Public Works, Um, our Economic Development team, Mike and Sharice did all the lining up of the beer uh, and and through the Fairborn Development Corporation, uh, Police, Fire. It, it was a total team effort um, thanks to the Fairborne Rotary Club and the Fairborne Senior Center who helped volunteer to to make that happen as well. It, it's a wonderful community event and we got I've heard almost nothing but positive comments. so uh, we look forward to doing yeah. that every Friday the first Friday of August every year. so yeah
1: we had one I <laughs> think we had one negative comment that we use Fonbright and not Heidelberg. right. Okay. And I was like, we always do long
0: Right. Yeah. Which whatever. are you know I can I can handle that. That's not a big deal. So.
1: Right. Yeah. Great. That's what I Any final thoughts, Megan? Uh, no. It'll be. well, one, just
0: the next event, uh, Hairborne. Yeah, Hairborne. Get it's a, it. September fifteenth. Mm-hmm. It's a Friday. Uh, we'll do it. just like Bluegrass yep. and Brew. It's going to be free this year, so we're not going to charge anybody. In the past two years, we've charged a fee and put it in the tent. We're going to open it up to free and open to the public. We have. Two really good bands, Bronson Arroyo and his band are going to be here to oh, kick it off. Yeah, neat. Uh, he's going to be there to, to kick it off. And then that arena rock show is going to to bring it home. And I've, I watched them in Springfield earlier this year and they're getting better. Uh, just the more I see them, the better they get. So that'll be September yeah. 15th. That's a Friday night. Uh, music will start at six again. We'll, we'll do it just like bluegrass. So come on down, bring a chair, uh, and bring your friend because it's going to be a really good time it'd be fun all right that's all i got gene thank you so much for being here appreciate your time uh, and and rob thank you yeah absolutely we appreciate you all right that's it for episode 31 we will see you around town 32 we'll see you around town is it 32 i thought it was 31 i think so uh, okay. you said 32 at the beginning i did see i don't write things down <laughs> episode 32 thanks <laughs> <laughs>